Welcome one and all to Balanced Self. This is your host, Barbara Fitch. In today's episode, we will discuss expected behaviors in the post-pandemic workplace. We are excited because this episode also kicks off our quarter in which we will be focusing on how values and behaviors align in the new normal. Throughout this quarter, our topics will include topics such as how teams and organizations are defining new normal hybrid and total remote workplaces, what's working, what's not working. We are also going to talk about what are some expected but unsaid values, norms, and behaviors we have adopted in our organizations within the last two years. And we're also going to talk about what are we practicing? How have we adopted new values? We hope that you will join us in exploring these topics in this quarter. We would like to welcome our guest, Dave LaRochelle, and our recurring guest, President and CEO of MSB Coach, Michelle Braden. But before we dive into today's episode, we would love to have Dave tell our listeners a little bit about who he is. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I've been looking forward to this opportunity. So my name is Dave LaRochelle. I've been in the insurance and financial service industry for close to 23 years now. That's all been with the same company, but in that time, I've been fortunate to develop a broad range of experience. So I started in our creative service department, working with with business partners from across our organization on important messagings and changes and training. And then I went to our fire claims where I got to the opportunity to help our customers directly when they were going through times of needs. Then I moved to learning and development where I really was able to understand adult learning theory and how to apply that and help how to help people develop. And that led me into leadership. So for the past 14 years or so, I've I've been in leadership in our learning and development area, and then into other areas of training. My current role is to lead a team who drives change and influences the adoption of new processes and new technologies that, that help us continue to grow and meet our customer needs. I've always been somewhat virtual. So even at the beginning, uh, half of the team that I worked with was in my location and half of them were not. And for probably a decade now, nobody on my team that I, that I manage is in the same location as me. So I think that gave me a little bit of a head start to where the world would inevitably go with the pandemic. And then personally, um, the father of five, my oldest is a freshman in college. My youngest is uh, a third grader. So the balance with work and life is, is extremely important. Obviously, I have uh, commitments for my job, but equally important commitments with my family. Wow, that is, uh, that's great. Um, I am one of nine, so I completely can understand how it is to uh, have, have siblings. And I'm sure that you are a very busy man outside of what you're doing. So we really do thank you so much and we're glad that you could join us today. And we look forward to hearing your insights and your experiences from both you and Michelle. So I wanna go ahead and get started with our first question. But before we do, I'd like to uh, go ahead and lead us into this. We have spoken about the new normal in some capacity in our podcast over the last couple of years. It either has been from the perspective of how it has affected our leaders and employees, how it has accelerated new trends in remote and hybrid work and how teams are navigating uh, the future of work. In the present post-pandemic workplace, I feel that leaders have and are becoming 
more flexible with workplace policies and guidelines. And I think it's safe to say that behaviors in post-pandemic organizations are confidently enabling and identifying these new trends in workplace environments. So Dave, from your experience, how have behaviors changed in the post-pandemic workplace? So for me, somebody that's that's worked virtually for a long time now, uh, the way that 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 I've always done it has become mainstream, which is great because you know, there's a lot of benefits that have come out of it, but there's also some urges that you have to fight, you know, to just fill that time and fill that time and fill that time. And you have to understand people's personal needs and, and things like that. So it's it's taken some adjustment. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting when I think about the behavioral changes, you know, to just play off what Dave was saying. So he was already in a somewhat you know, mostly virtual environment with a, a team that was, uh, you know, many virtual from all over the place. So probably the learning curve was much lower for this. A lot of other people just literally felt like they were thrown into the deep end. Now here we are two and a half years later. I think we are in some ways, there are so many advantages that came to this because we didn't have time to pontificate and, and committeeize and <laughs> go through all these, what are we going to do? It was like, doors are shut, pack up your things and go home. And then everybody thought they were coming home in three months and they didn't. And, you know, and then here we are now, and this has become our new normal. It's where so much, so we don't even necessarily need to say new normal anymore because this is what it is. Um, and we are realizing that we can do this. And this is one of those examples where crisis brings change that I think needed to come. You know, we have worked with leaders at MSB Coach for, you know, we've been in business for 15 years. And there are so many that had what I call that Heine in chair, button chair mentality that if your Heine is not in your chair, you can't be working. And yet learning that, yes, they can. So I think being forced to these changes and realizing, wow, this works is fantastic. I think the other thing is recognizing in this, there's also been some bad behaviors um, that have bad habits that have come out of this. I can't believe how much I'm working with um, leaders and their teams on executive presence again. Like this is a big thing. Um, you know, how do you show up on Zoom and you're not in your fuzzy house slippers, you know, slurping your cereal at the eight o'clock meeting because you wouldn't do that in the office. So why would you be doing that on Zoom? And then is it okay to always have your video off if that is what you're doing? Um, so it's been nice to have this ability to blend our worlds together, but figuring out how do we still keep the integrity of what it would be like in an office space while maybe reducing some of the expectations. So it's leveled the playing fields of humanness in a lot of ways where, you know, you do see the cat run across the screen or the kid or, you know, and you would have never seen those things in the workplace, but how do we still make sure we're meeting, identifying where that standard is? So maybe the standard is different now, but where is it? And is it okay to show up in a sweatshirt where you wouldn't have done that in the workplace, even if we're business casual um, or leave your screen off the whole time? Because if you're in a meeting, in real time, you have to be present. You have to physically be there, at least even if your brain is someplace else, your body has to be there. So how, you know, I think these are some of the things that have actually become some of the bad habits in, in a very good thing. So I know that was a long answer, but those are some of my thoughts around what we're dealing with now in the way our world is 
has changed. What I'd like to add to that too, Michelle, you were mentioning some bad behaviors and thank you both for your uh, responses to this question. I would like to add to that, that, you know, some folks have gone back into the office. They have politicized vaccinations and the opinions behind it. I think like, for example, you know, vaccinated employees may make the assumption that Others are not vaccinated and therefore they treat them as they are as if they're unsafe, you know. So to be around someone and and not, you know, not know what's going on, it can cause a little bit of tension. And I think that in these instances that um, employers should take the steps in preventing and or resolving these workplace disagreements and help teams to bring the focus back to the work versus, you know, what your personal preference is. I think that we can all safely say that behaviors have changed and that we are, we're just kind of going with the flow and we're, we're figuring it out as we go along. And this also brings me to my second question. What are some ways that leaders are redesigning the post-pandemic workplace? Yeah, it's, Michelle shared something that, that triggered a thought for me too with the, the battle for attention. So if you're in a room and you're looking at the presenter and everyone's looking at you, you're, you're more likely to pay attention. Whereas if you're sitting at your home, there are distractions. So it's, it's on the, the associate to make sure they're focusing, but there's also a heightened responsibility on the leaders to make sure they're using that time wisely. So, and we've all been to three hour virtual meetings, which is the, the technology is not conducive for that. So it does force you to really learn and understand how to be effective. So how, how to capture people's attention and drive interaction and engagement in a productive way. So I think from that aspect, that's something that learning that can really help um, and people feel connected and people feel engaged. But just generally, I think the pandemic has shed a light on things that were important anyway. So it is important to have genuine relationships and take the time to ask somebody, hey, how are you feeling? How's your family? and really listen and really show empathy. You know, those things were always important, but being virtual in this environment with everything that people have gone through, you know, tactically, what we try to do is you build in time for those things, but you, you don't go back to back on your schedule. So I start meetings at quarter after the hour because that gives people 15 minutes to do what they need to do and, and unwind from their prior meeting or follow up or take a break, things like that. You do prioritize flexibility. You know, family first. I'm fortunate to be part of an organization that agrees with that, but you, you do try to work with people in a way that, that they still meet their commitments to the organization, but it doesn't undermine their commitments to their family. And with the, the COVID and the vaccine example, you set clear guidelines and these are our rules and you train people accordingly and you make sure people know that there's accountability, but you also work with people and you definitely don't put you do you don't put people in a situation that they're not comfortable with. So hey, if you're not comfortable traveling to a meeting, what are all alternatives? Is there somebody else that can go or could we could you do your part virtually? So you're really just trying to work with people to understand how they're feeling, understand their needs, and do what you can to help make sure it's a good environment for them and be the leader that people need you to be. Yeah, which I, you know, Dave hit on some really important things about the relationship aspect. And we've talked about this in some of our other podcasts, how when we are all together in a building, there are things that just happen organically and naturally. The conversations as you're walking down the hallway, the conversations as you're getting a cup of coffee, you run into somebody in the restroom, you know, you, you pop over to somebody's office, all those things um, that we have to be very intentional, not 
only in where everyone is virtual, but now where it's what I call the brackish waters, you know, where some people are in the office, some people are not. And so how do the people that are virtual not feel like outsiders? You know, how do, are we intentional on this inclusiveness um, is putting us in a different way of thinking as leaders for how we run our teams than how we did it before, because those relationship aspects are important. You know, that saying that's been around for a long time, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Now, I also do believe that there are, you know, the practicing the platinum rule. So there are those who are going to want to have the personal connection and human connection with you. And there are some who just aren't, that won't be important to them. And that's okay. So as a leader, being even more intentional now to know how to flex our style for what's needed. And the only way we can do that is to know our people and to know what they want and they need. And then, you know, that's where some different instruments like Emergenetics or Myers-Briggs or Workplace Big Five um, can help us, uh, especially if it's not as intuitive. For some people, it's not as intuitive as it is for others. So those tools can be helpful. But I think that, you know, the original question, Barbara, of what are leaders doing to um, redesign the post-pandemic workplace playing off something you said earlier, uh, just being aware. So this goes to something Dave said, and then something you said about the needs of people being aware of their needs and recognizing for some people, the whole thing with the cleanliness, you know, the standards are so much higher now than they were before. Okay. I've got to admit, I still love having hand sanitizers all over the place. When I walk into a place sometimes now and I don't see it, I'm like, ah, What's up with that? <laughs> when I leave the store, I can't use my hand sanitizer um, because we've gotten so used to that. And I think these are some of the things that um, recognizing it's not going to be important to all, but for some it is. And, you know, the, the mask mandates being changed now. Some people are, I think we're going to see masks maybe forever now in America on some people. They just feel better um, with that. Whereas before it, it, especially in the United, now I know these podcasts go internationally, but I'm talking specifically about the Western culture. That was unusual. Um, in other countries, it was very normal. So we're going to see, you know, some things there. I think one of the biggest things where I have seen the most success for leaders in this area is where they are creating new standards, new expectations, but not doing it on their own, doing it collectively together with their team. So that whole power of we, what does this look like? What does new work-life balance look like? What does flexibility look like while we still have a job to do? You know, we still have standards and things that we have to meet. What does our dress code look like? Um, you know, what are our, our new, what are our must-haves and what are just nice to have? And then how do we create support and accountability around those? And I think there's different ways that we can do this. You know, we can do surveys, we can do small groups that get together and come back and present their ideas. But when it's all said and done and the people feel like they've done it together, I think the leaders who are doing that are seeing much more success than leaders who are coming in and saying, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and let me put on my Superman cape and fix everything. Because we've got a very intelligent workforce out there and they not only want to be a part, but they need to be a part of these decisions and creating these new standards and implementation of them and what it's going to look like moving forward. And I think also being nimble enough to say these new standards are living and breathing, meaning as we're learning along the way still, because there's been so much change so quickly. And as we set these new standards moving forward, being able to reevaluate them and say what's working, what's not. 
um, I think are some of the things. And then so much more around diversity, psychological safety, you know, mental well-being. These are things that were just kind of talked about in the corners of the workplace before, where now they are front and forward and need to be a part of our new standards and practices moving forward. Thank you, Michelle. You said something about the spaces and we're talking about, and, and you both touched on empathy and how leaders are being empathetic about hybrid work and remote work and physical spaces. In the article, and I'm referencing one of our articles that I, that I sent you guys, CEO of Vicosoft. Um, Vicosoft is a company in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And what they have done is they now have two break rooms that accommodate employees that have different views. Like one of those rooms has uh, social distancing and they have, I think we're moving in the right direction when it comes to that. I think leaders have recognized that you know, it's okay for us to, to take a step back and take a deep breath and think about how these things are affecting our organization so that we can focus more on productivity and not on uh, our physical and our hybrid and our remote spaces. You know, Barbara, one of the biggest things I think that, you know, tying some things together there, from my perspective, has been a lot more good that has come from this than negative. So yes, we are dealing with some of like we talked about some some poor habits or poor behaviors that have come from this but i believe this shift of virtual workspaces was so long in coming and it it did happen to us very quickly but so many benefits we can recruit from all around the world now we're not hung up on you know moving somebody and their whole family think about the benefit of this to families and where, where people can be able to stay in one place and still work um, for a great company that they want to to change over to. And likewise, the company can get a great person that, you know, may live hundreds of thousands of miles away. So many advantages to this that we're seeing. But I also like some of the things that we're seeing finally, and that is getting outdoors, having meetings outdoors, doing walk and talks for your meetings. Um, you know, when we didn't want to be in the you know polluted air of inside spaces, we started moving to outside spaces, and that is so good for us psychologically. Um, so just hitting on all of these different aspects that that have been cumbersome and we're having to wrestle with them, and maybe they're uncomfortable, but I think they're really beneficial to us in the overall big picture. Yeah, and I agree. And talking about people having different perspectives on things, we talk about assuming positive intent. So we all work together. We all respect each other. And even if someone disagrees, it's not an indictment of the person or it's, it's the idea is different than the person. And, and so assuming positive intent is was our start with that and creating an environment where it, it's okay to say, hey, what you said there may not have been right and it's okay to say that so I, by upfront having that conversation as a team that hey we respect each other I may not always say the right thing and if I don't it's okay for you to tell me that so that, that takes the the awkwardness and the pressure out in the moment if somebody says something that they disagree with we've already established that it's okay to tell them so it's not as personal and, uh, and we've all agreed to that and um, one thing that we've done virtually that's a little different is I set aside 30 minutes every day, just virtual office hours. So if somebody wants to jump in and say, hey, I want to just want to talk about this or that, they know I'm always available, the people on my team. And, and you mentioned everyone's different and it, it, they are. There's 
certain people that'll jump on every day with something and there's certain people that rarely do. And, um, but I think that's helped too, because like you said, you don't have the opportunity to walk to meetings or go to coffee or have lunch together, but you still have time set aside where you can have conversations and jump on. And it's not as formal as, as a typical meeting would be. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you both for sharing your experiences and your insights. And I think that moving forward together that we're going to continue to see new trends and we're going to continue to use some of the trends that you talked about, Dave, that you use in your organization and your experience and same with Michelle and what we use at MSB Coach and how we uh, support people that are going through these changes and these new trends. This is going to bring me to my last question, which is going to wrap us up for the day. I would like to know from you, Dave, and then Michelle, what are you learning, have learned, or currently practicing about keeping balance in your life? That's a great question. Um, Working from home, balance can be very difficult because no matter where you are or what you're doing, you're only a few steps away from your office and there's work that could be done. So what you're having dinner and maybe you think, well, if I could just spend 30 minutes, I could write that report. And that's a tough thing to have to deal with. So for me, it's really being honest with myself about what my priorities are and then being disciplined. So um, I've been lucky because, you know, having, having a large family, there's a time of day where I need to stop to drive them to their activities or be with them. And and that provides a hard cutoff for me. I shut my laptop. I go deal with what I need to deal with with them and I'm done for the day. So it helps having those cues. It's time to drive them to soccer practice. So that ends my day. And then it doesn't start again until the next day. Being present is a big thing. So when I, when I work, I I am a hundred percent focused on work. And when I'm with my family, I try to be 100% focused on family. And that's another thing that is is difficult. But if you're aware of the need and you're conscious of it, you can move your mind back to where it needs to be. I read a book called Essentialism recently, and there was a part of it that really stuck out at me because we all know the dangers of multitasking. You can't do two things at once, but you can do two things at once. You just can't concentrate on two things at once. So to address my health and personal development, priorities, I've discovered audiobooks. So now I, I went from not running at all to running daily and listening to audiobooks uh, so I can concentrate and develop and learn while I'm getting my health goal taken care of. And I've learned to enjoy the process. That's another thing that I've learned through this. If you have some goal, some distant goal, it can be hard and you have setbacks and it can be hard to get back from those. But if, yeah, if you have satisfaction in every day, so if I go for a run today, I feel good about that. If I listen to a chapter of the book while I'm doing it, I feel good about that. Uh, and I've learned to really pr- celebrate those things versus, well, I'll be happy when I lose 10 more pounds because that's a byproduct. But the discipline to what gets you there um, has really helped me with that. Dave, that's great. Thank you for that openness and transparency. For me, one of the the biggest things, and for those of you who listen to our podcast, you've probably heard me say this before, these last two years, my my word has been intentional. And one of the things that I am learning, because for me, balance is something that I'm still striving for. And in, in full transparency. I probably will spend the rest of my life striving for it. <laughs> I have a tendency to be a workaholic. I love work and I can be very driven that way. 
And I'm intentional to be more aware of when I just need to pause and reflect. Um, Barbara's heard me say this a million times, go slow to go fast. When do I need to slow down? You know, we, we run an assessment called our emotional intelligence learning in action. And it's about what's going on inside of us um, when we're under stress. And what happens is, is when we're always under stress, then that ends up being what's going on inside of us all the time, instead of just what's going on inside of us when we're under stress. But that was one of those assessments that just, I felt like gave me a whole different level of insight to myself. And one of the things it measures is our thoughts, wants, and feelings. And I like, and I've found this with a lot of other leaders that I work with, we're driven to thoughts and wants, meaning what am I thinking? What needs to happen right now? Where do I move to action? You know, it's logical, it's moving. And I was really low on feelings and not allowing myself to pause and say, but, but what am I feeling right now? What are others feeling right now? And so that's been one of the biggest things I'm learning in balance right now. If something sets sideways, now, sometimes in the day, I don't have time to pause, but taking those moments of, of just mindfulness and being aware of what's going on inside of me right now. I'm feeling tight in my chest. What's, what's happening? And, and taking time to unravel that and what could I do differently? Or I'm feeling really good right now. I like how things are going. How can I pause and, and work through that so I can repeat that? So those are some of the things that I'm really continuing to work on and develop. The other day, you know, something went a little sideways and I actually had some time to just sit down. At first I sat on the couch and I was just kind of being with myself and I was like, Michelle, you got a million things to do. You know, just because this went sideways doesn't mean anything. And then, but self-talking, I said, nope, sit here. And I sat there for about 10 minutes and just allowed myself to feel. Now, for those of you who are feelers, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you because you may do that all the time. But for me, I don't. And so allowing that space now didn't take over my whole day, but allowing myself to work through that. So that's one of the biggest things I'm learning right now. Well, thank you both for your insights and for your transparency. Just addressing your self-awareness, working virtually, you're a few feet away from your office. And so it's kind of hard to redirect your mind and, you know, stay focused on just one thing. I think the benefit, and I think you've both addressed that, that you both have developed habits on how to take a step back and be self-aware and adopt habits that are better for your well-being and your mental health. Personally, for myself, I like walking out on the deck with a cup of coffee um, when I've had a rough day or I'm having a rough 10 minutes and I walk outside and I look at the, you know, especially now that it's spring, I can go out there. I, I watch the squirrels that, you know, fight for, for, for a, a limb on a tree. It's the simplified things that, that center us. So I'm really excited that we're able to be in a virtual space where we're able to enjoy being. And that's super important. Well, I hate to go as always. So this wraps us up for this episode for today. And thank you both for sharing so much of yourself and for coming forward and being diligent with, uh, with all your experiences. So before we go, um, I'd like to let everyone know that for our next episode, we will discuss expected unsaid values and norms in the new workplace. And if you would like to check out our previous episodes, please visit our website at www.msbcoach.com and click the resources tab and you will find our podcast. Thank you both for being here and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity.
Dave, thank you for joining us. And Barbara, thank you as always for the amazing host that you are. Um, we look forward to continuing to grow and learn together in your feedback on today's podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear your feedback and your takeaways. If you would like more information on this episode, you can email us at podcast at msbcoach.com or connect with us on our MSB Coach Facebook page or our MSB Coach LinkedIn page. We hope you have learned something to help center yourself both personally and professionally. And please share this podcast with anyone who is looking to find more balance.